Untold Physio Stories is part of the all-new PT Podcast Network. Find a new favorite podcast by an amazing PT content creator at ptpodcastnetwork.com. The future of medical documentation is here and it's revolutionizing the way we record patient visits. Introducing Comprehend PT, the groundbreaking HIPAA-compliant AI scribe designed specifically for physical therapists. Imagine a world with a dialogue between PTs and patients is interpreted by AI into precise, real-time medical notes without lifting a pen or tapping a keyboard. Comprehend PT does just that, allowing healthcare professionals to stay engaged with patients rather than buried in documentation. Boost your efficiency, reduce claim denials, and liberate yourself from the burdens of manual note-taking with Comprehend PT. Join the revolution now at ComprehendPT.com. Untold Physio Stories listeners get 50% off their first month with code MMT50, and there's a free trial available. Sign up now. I use it every day in the clinic for virtual and live visits. I just speak to the patient, and at the end, hit comprehend and a soap note's generated. I love it, and you will too. Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Erson Religioso. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm your host, Dr. E, Dr. Andrew Rothschild, not with me today. And now for part two of Becoming Alfred and Not the Hero with Dr. Mark Cagella. Join us as Mark and I are talking about confidence and manual therapy and outcomes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from with that, I think. And we know that confidence sometimes is, is going to be demonstrated in treatment scenarios and probably improve outcomes. I, you know, I've, I, it's hard, trying to create a space where that uncertainty can be kind of comfortable for patients and clinicians, especially right. when a lot of these patients come with a very checkered past of, of healthcare claiming to have the solution, you know, and, you know, it, oh, yeah, those injections worked for about three years and then they fell flat, you know, all these myriad of different treatments and ologists and different practitioners, Kairos, PTs and stuff. I, I think there becomes a place where that uncertainty can be, you know, a place of like, Hey, let's embrace it. And let's, let's work together to find, you know, navigate our way out of this mud. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it, I, I had a period probably of, you know, where it was, hyperconfidence and very much feeling like I got this. And then patients humbled me significantly and they continue to, I just feel like uh, I don't have this massive weight of like, I have to fix people. Um, I also, you know, can open up space where we can identify things that are beyond our treatment rooms that are going to make it hard for anybody to make somebody better when they, when some of the situations that we that people find themselves in are really making it hard for healthy nervous system function and healthy tissue function and healthy any function mental physical and everything in between so yeah it, it's that confidence thing is one that uh, you know i think the more you question the more i think it's a sign of a you know a, somebody who's up with current research and knowledge and um and you know realizing that and it's always that what's that quote osler i think you know 80 50 of what you learn here in med school is you know going to be proven incorrect the problem is we don't know what the 50 percent is I mean, that, that's, you could say that with our practices too, like 50% of probably what you're doing right now is going to be proven to be not the way to do it. And we just don't know currently what it is. And that's just, again, where you have to have a process to meet somebody where they're at and validate what you're doing and, 
and see if you're making change in a good direction instead of just hammering away at a dogmatic theoretical approach with no checks and balances on your thinking. Sure. Awesome. Well, that was a great story. I mean, I could certainly relate. <laughs> I figured you would. I, th- yeah. I, I know I've heard your stories a little bit online and, and uh, I, I was like, yep, been there. <laughs> definitely can relate to it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey for everybody. I mean, I think I got definitely stories too with pain science where it went awry too. Cause I think, yeah. Oh, like, man. You, like yes. you mentioned, uh, we get into these, this is the new thing. And then you, it's becomes right. that like, you're just going to talk everyone's pain out of them. Like the more you talk and the more you use analogies and metaphors, they're just going to be like, have this big light bulb moment. Oh, yeah. Like you, you just very rarely hear, I mean, Butler talks about it a little bit, mostly I feel like not so much, but, um, they just you just feel like they're just talking everyone's pain out of them you know yeah you feel like they're just like every patient of theirs is having this massive epiphany and it's just right, yes every single one life shift and, and things and yet i do respect uh you know i remember adrian low i've been fortunate to get to know adrian and taking some of his coursework and things and i remember him sharing a story of lorimer mostly where a patient left his treatment room and like said you know if i see you on the street i'm gonna stab you like threaten him <laughs> threaten his life so it goes awry I think. and it's gonna hurt <laughs> exactly so because you're going to see it yeah yeah so it's 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 i i there is this kind of romanticized view of a lot of what we learn as far as like you know with and it's everything needling cupping scraping right. none of it's yeah. necessarily wrong it's just pump the brakes on thinking anything is the solution for everybody right. i think it all works all, the same way yeah exactly it all has to go through the same interface it's got to enter the software and, and i mean and there's i think we need to be open to things being special and unique and provide unique mechanisms but we also have to have maybe an informed skepticism to the like hey um i and just being out in the profession for 20 years i've seen things come and go and things some things come and it's you know the new thing and it becomes like the everybody's doing it and if you're not doing it you're some sort of inferior therapist and yeah, I just, I've struggled with, I mean, I've been one of those people like, oh, I can't believe you don't do the taping. I went through the kinesio tape phase. I went through a lot of things. And again, none of them are bad. And I don't want any think anybody listening that if you tape or if you scrape or if you get, none of it's bad. It's just like, hey, have a thinking process. What do you do afterward? That's what I always ask. I don't yeah. care what you do in a clinic. What do you teach the patient? Exactly. It's just, we got to look bigger picture. And I mean, for 20 years, I've seen the, there's a statistics on chronic pain ain't getting in a better direction, regardless of these new methods and modes of, of way of we can modulate pain in a short term mode, whether you're poking a needle in it, putting some tape on it, uh, nudging it with a UPA CPA or manipulating it. All of them can be great change in session changes. But like you said, what are you doing afterwards? And yeah. a lot of that becomes how good of a therapeutic alliance, how good are you getting patients to, to be confident movers, the whole thoughtless, fearless movement that Gifford talks right. about. And that's a, that is where the complexity and the challenge lies. I mean, you, I, I don't sure. think you, you can get very good technically and you should, but that isn't hard in my opinion. I mean, you can learn how to be technically proficient. I mean, you know, some of the hyperly complex manual things, I think probably unnecessarily hyperly complex, but so there might be there probably some difficulty there, of course, trying to lock things up from 14 directions and attempt to, you know, nudge something at a millimeter at a time. But um, I just think the real challenge, we need to face it and see it, that it's not what new technique I can le- learn to intervene in short-term modulate pain. What can I do to help somebody take whatever change I'm producing in the clinic with whatever mode works best for you, which is fine. And how do I get that person in their life, in their context to be successfully moving and successfully working towards whatever they value is goals. And it may not be ripping a barbell off the floor. Like that's another craze that sometimes I'm, I get, I know, man. I mean, I get it too. I love lifting. I love kettlebells and everything. And I, I mean, just this week I was 
called out by an email subscriber who said he's unsubscribed three times. And I'm like, well, how can you unsubscribe three times? Because I literally cannot add you anymore if you unsubscribe. If you really hit the unsubscribe button, I can't randomly add you, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, you're a hack. Manual therapy is ruining our profession. You know, and I'm like, all right, yeah, hey. Yeah. That what is you contribute. What have you contributed? You know, yeah. or, or I mean, I, I, almost, I, I always want to say like, well, obviously you haven't really heard my story, you know, yeah. but, and, and I, I do agree that like kettlebells and lifting heavy things is great for the majority of people. But um, I also want to see like, if you're so anti-manual therapy, what do you, what, like, what do you do when someone walks into a lateral shift, neuroscience, they forward bet, like next time they forward bend, they're going to lose bowel and bladder control. You tell them to do kettlebell swings, you know, like at some point you got to do something to modulate that pain. Yeah. And yeah, it's, no. it's, it's not always going to be lifting heavy things. Yeah. I mean, and you, if you surround yourself in a scenario of, of people, like if you're working a CrossFit gym, hell yeah, you're going to get, you're going to meet everybody where their bias is and they're going to love that approach. It's just, it depends where your, 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 um, context is, you know, if your patients are, you know, persistent pain and can barely pick up a cup of coffee off the counter, then, Hey, you need to, maybe you get to that point, And if that's something they value, but I think steering anybody in like this is the only way to do it anytime anybody tells me every one of my patients does this that's a clinician center practice i mean it, it, there's certain things we always say i bias or certain exercise we bias ourselves to. nothing wrong with that but it's just like we should be working to see what are the things that meet the patient where they're at and meet them towards their goals if picking up heavy stuff off the floor is part of that awesome deadlift away do all the things um but it doesn't it's like this i agree there's like these folks that just get so vitriol and like uh you know i can't believe you're still putting hand manual therapy that stuff's you know the worst and granted there are examples of all of that the whole because there's great folks who are doing you know the strength and conditioning approach and really have a more reasoned nuanced approach with it and then there's definitely the people where everybody who has a pulse and pain needs to be lifting a de deadlift off the floor um you know as with the same thing we could say about pretty much any approach manual therapy included it's just being able to fit to patients. I think when we get so pumped on our credentials and our letters and that we have to identify ourselves by doing this with every patient, I think we're, we're missing the, the the point of what we're doing. We're supposed to be fitting ourselves to patients, not vice versa. For sure. Well, this is there. I mean, ever, I, sh I feel like I should be taking notes. I mean, because you just dropped too many knowledge bombs of, of which I'm going to probably quote you at my next live course a couple of times. Um, I got to go back to this transcript. Well, thanks. Yeah, uh, I'm thanks. glad I could add some value. Hopefully the folks and your listeners, again, I respect a ton of what you're doing and, and really appreciate it. I, as we've talked before we got on, I think we'd really take a very similar approach to things. I've definitely taken some of your techniques that I've seen online and, and, and nudged them in my own practice. So I uh, definitely appreciate what you do. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And Hey, thanks for spreading the good word. Um, where can people find you, Mark? Um, you can find me, uh, modernpaincare.com is where kind of our podcast based. I'm actually today going to be nudging our website together where there'll be a little bit of a newsletter blog component along with obviously our podcast. And then, um, you can, M Cardula DPT is on all the TikTok, the, uh, Instagram, Twitter or X, what it is now, um, threads as well. So. Uh, I'm trying to just get better information out there. I just see there's still this gap. And I think you're doing a great job to work to fill it too, just of like, let's not get so pushed, pendulum swung toward pain signs, towards everything needs to be manual therapy. How do we develop a practice that really meets each individual that comes in your practice uniquely? So yeah, if and folks can listen to the Modern Pain Podcast. That's where um, I primarily do an interview modes, but we're going to start doing some more kind of me chatting about stuff like we did today and just uh, hopefully bringing value to folks. All right. Well, maybe you'll see 
me on that podcast or you hear me here yeah, no, on that podcast soon <laughs> absolutely you're you're uh, this is my go on yours and then we're gonna have you on mine and we're gonna we're gonna talk we'll probably have some similar discussions but we'll probably we'll maybe change it up well we'll let dr Eve maybe talk about his his similar existential crisis my exact my exact same story yeah <laughs> exactly it's it's good to see i think you know i i just, I just when you share these type of stories i think oh god i'm not alone in that feeling i, I just I, I don't know how you've been but i've had numerous people reach out and say thank you yeah, sure. well, I hope so. You know, I mean, it's funny because like there are certain times when I think I'm telling something poignant and no one gets it. And then there are other times when I just say like specifically there was I was teaching. I was shooting Chris Johnson's course, you know, Chris Johnson, like, yeah. you know, marching and whatever yeah. triathletes. I was just filming his course. And every once in a while when he wanted a break, he would just let me teach something, you know. So I don't know, I could always tell like, people were like, why is the cameraman teaching now? You know, because like they, they had no idea who I was or whatever, but there was one dude who specifically, I said one thing like, oh, you can't break up fascia. You were just changing perception of stretch and possibly changing tone rapidly. But otherwise, you know, we, if we really broke up tissue, it would be traumatic. It would actually, they wouldn't feel better. They would feel worse. And this guy was go in the middle a visceral manipulation certification. Oh, yeah. You know, and he, for some reason, that resonated with him and he questioned it so much based on my 10 minutes of teaching that he dropped his whole courses and completely changed his approach. And he came on my podcast to tell that story, but like I wasn't even there to teach that course. <laughs> That, isn't that interesting? Just that yeah. little 10 minutes of like questioning things. And, and you meet somebody at the right time where they're questioned. Maybe he was at a point with what he was learning. I was like, I can't get my brain behind this. That's how I got to with manual therapy stuff is just, this makes zero sense whatsoever. And um, yeah, there's, and it's interesting. Like there's still just a lot of things out there that I scratch my head. I'm like, gosh, yeah. when are we going to like, just get scientifically mature of like, we got to move past some of the razzle dazzle voodoo type right ways there. of looking at things. And well, just, it all works. We don't yeah, know why, right? It all works. We possibly don't know why. I don't yeah, know. that's the problem is it all works. And then you can make the most sexy, cool sound and theories and name things, with different terminology that makes it look new and shiny. Yet, I think it's probably very similar working mechanisms. Now, again, if there's unique things that we got to be open to that, but um, I'm waiting for it for a lot of interventions that they're unique. Sure. But yeah, I know Chad Cook has some recent research. It basically shows there's like a lot of chemical more chemical mediators specific chemical mediators have i haven't read it yet yeah i know and that's where I, i'm always interested because you'll see some of the like you know needling research and others talks about like you know inflammatory markers and different things and and i you know i just sometimes wonder how much of that is just part of a therapeutic right. response irrespective of right the like if you just started moving i always think like every time someone presents like man this podcast is going on way so way too long we get to talk for hours um but yeah, every time someone's like, oh, this does this, this, and this, it's like some fancy new whatever. I'm like, well, exercise does the same thing. I, that's my, yeah. And it's free. That's what I always say. Like, no matter what, like it's magnets or it's inversion yeah. table or it's jumping on a trampoline or whatever. I'm like, well, exercise does the same thing. Yeah. I just sometimes wonder if there's just not, we're all just saying that we're all trying to claim uniqueness of a nonspecific response <laughs> yes. to, to a stimulus that does not need to be unique. It can be any of the ones we've spoke about today right. and probably a lot of the new ones. And especially if it has a story of visceral realignment or whatever it might be going oh, on. Oh yeah. The more, the more minutiae, the better. People oh, exactly. are attracted to like, You just That's get what that. I realized a long time ago. I have a limited market. You and I have a limited market. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. I, my conscience <laughs> checks my ability. I know if I like, I read marketing literature and I read like sales literature. I'm like, oh man, if I really want to, oh, I'd have to like sell my soul. I couldn't look myself yeah, in the mirror. I but. just, um, 
I just sent out like I, I did an A B email test, you know, for a course, and and, and one of my e my most recent emails, and I've never written an email like this. Was like learn to learn my secrets of manual therapy, and I'm like that hurt me to send it. it hurt my heart, mm -hmm. you know, hurt my soul. But then I was like, well, really, what the secrets are? There are no secrets. Yeah, you know, I always think of like there isn't there is no spoon. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I felt bad sending it. It was just yeah. I it's good to know you. The others feel the same. I do feel like, you know, there's this whole, the thoughts of like marketing hooks and things like that, that get people to open your email and do things right. I, I've gotten to the point where I feel okay. If I have to use a little clickbait hook things yeah. that get people what they want and then I can give them what they need um, yes. through like, okay, yes, there are no fix it secrets here that we have to. Yeah. So I think we need to get better at PT. We get, none of us get any of that marketing and sales stuff yet. We have to do it every day in the treatment room. You better be selling what you're doing and how it's moving. So oh, yeah. you need to be. Why not learn to be good at it? I've read a lot of sales stuff and I'm not by any means trying to sell snake oil or any of that stuff, but I feel like being able to sell what you're doing and sell somebody on their ability within themselves to, to do some things. I think that's great skills to have. For sure. Yeah. I will say the only thing that's special about me is my mouth. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. All right. So, Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and maybe by the time you listen, it might be two parter. We'll see. Um, Make sure to subscribe to Untold Physio Stories. Hit that uh, like button anywhere on social media where you see me post a video about this. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, and uh, as always, you guys have a great day.